This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 108. You guys have been unbelievable. The best podcast I've ever been on in my whole life. You guys are masters of the podcast universe. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Brandon Turner. What is going on, Brandon? Dude, I am pumped. I am pumped. Dude, I am also pumped. <laughs> All right, for those people who don't know why, uh, we just got done recording today's interview uh, with our guest today. We will introduce in a second, and it is incredible, incredible. Fabulous um, show. Fabulous, probably. I mean, we've done 107 previous shows with fantastic people, but I, I've never left an interview feeling as motivated, as excited, as as just jazzed up, and, and this, one, this one takes the cake. I mean, yeah. there's motivation, there's education. There's more motivation. There's comedy like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> this this is our first rated R podcast, by the way. We'll, so we'll, we'll add some bleeps in there. But if you got kids in the car, you may want to, you know, I don't know, earmuffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but, besides uh, the fact, this guy this guy probably has more real estate than all of our guests we've had previous combined. I'm guessing, like, maybe not number of units, but value of real estate. And if not, he will. Yeah. Crazy so, story. So you guys are gonna love this. Before we get into the show, I just want to say something. This is extremely important. And yes, we're going to force you to sit and listen to this entire show. It's not a forcing. This thing is absolutely insane. But you guys, at the end of the show, Grant is going to make a proposal for a job offer that can change your life. It's going to make a millionaire out of somebody, a multimillionaire out of somebody. Uh, so you have to listen to the show. If you are in real estate, involved in this business, and and see big things of yourself. Pay very close attention a to the show and b uh, to to what we get to towards the end of this thing because yeah. uh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. We've never had this on on our show before and may not ever again. So uh, and you heard me and you'll hear me pretty much quit the podcast and quit bigger pockets and yeah there. yep yep <laughs> this, this did you'll happen this did happen. All, All right, right, guys. Grant Cardone is an entrepreneur, TV pundit. New York Times best-selling author. He's a speaker and a real estate investor. Grant's book, The 10X Rule, was recently featured on Brandon's post of the top five business books that changed my life. And frankly, Brandon does not shut up about this book. Seriously, he just talks and talks and talks. 24-7. Oh my God, he doesn't shut up. All right. <laughs> this show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. 
Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Take a second and imagine this. Immediate cash flow, above average rent, built-in equity, and a foolproof exit plan. No, it's not 2012 again. This is just what it's like to invest with Integra Development Group. They've simplified the real estate investing process so everyone can invest. With their new construction single-family rent-to-own homes, you'll get aggressively priced brand new properties that have tenants in place now in one of the fastest-growing states in America, Florida. Here's how IDG's rent-to-own strategy works. You get exclusive access to inventory with aggressive pricing thanks to IDG's builder-partner relationships. Then, invest and collect immediate cash flow with tenants already in place at or very close to closing. With the demand for new builds, your tenants pay above market rent, so you rake in more cash flow. And you'll get built-in equity and appreciation with an already agreed-to purchase price at year three, helping the tenants become homeowners while you build wealth. That's investing simplified. So secure your next investment property today with Integra Development Group at IntegraDG.com. That's IntegraDG.com to start investing today. Well, we decided we had to bring Grant onto the show to tell us more. So with that, why don't we do this? Grant, welcome to the show, my friend. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. And Brandon, dude, Brandon's got it right. You got to read the 10X rule because it makes free. It takes whatever is unbelievable in you and turns it into a freaking obsession. I, but I'm I a agree. freaking obsession. I don't need 10X. <laughs> if I went 10X more, I'd be crazy. No, it'd be you good, mean, man. You'd be yeah. you'd be ten times bigger, and then and then ten <laughs> times bigger again. You know, this is an important message that people need to get because people are settling for their reality rather than working to their potent their full potential. Awesome, awesome, and we're going to totally get into that. We're very excited about no, it. No, we into it now, dog. We <laughs> oh, into it. We oh, all man. in. We, all right. We, we all right. licking the bone, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, let let's start with you. People don't know who you are. Who are you? Like, what's what's your background? How'd you become who you are today? You wrote all these books. You got all this cool stuff happening. What's your story? Well, first of all, I want to apologize to anyone and everyone that doesn't know who I am because that's my <laughs> fault. That's my fault. I haven't done a good job of marketing myself. And I apologize to you. It won't happen again. My name's Grant Cardone. I grew up in Lake Charles, Louisiana from a, a lower middle class family. My dad worked real hard, died when I was 10 years old. Uh, I'm a, there's, there was five kids. My mom brought me up. She didn't have an education, never held a job. So she was basically for, for most of my, uh, you know, teenage years, she was trying to manage a little bit of life insurance money to get three boys and my two sisters through school and into college. So everything, everything that we were brought up on was like, you know, a, a lack and a scarcity and fear and don't use what you have, conserve everything, it, it was just scratch and get by yeah. kind of like, and be grateful that you're in the middle class. Okay. Cause we weren't poor. We weren't without, we had food and clothes and we had a used car to get to school in, but which was, you know, a thousand times more than some people on this planet have, but it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to waste anything. So that's kind of how I was brought up. And one day when I was 16 years old, I'm like, I told my mom, I'm like, enough of this shit. I cannot even live like, it's the first time I cursed at my mom. I'm like, I will not, 
I will not grow up and be like this. You know, I, I yeah. refuse to grow up and worry about every time I walked out of my bedroom, I remember the bedroom I lived in on 10th street in Lake Charles, Louisiana. I walk out and my mom from the kitchen would say, turn those lights out. <laughs> my dad did and the I, same thing all growing right? up. And I, yeah. and I do it to my kids. So. <laughs> did, did, it, it, and it's like everything was about save yep. rather than create. Yeah. And yep. I don't know what clicked for me when I was 15 or 16 years old. It's actually, I was 16 years old. And I'm like, when I grow up, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to get rich so I don't have to worry about turning the lights off. <laughs> you know, because to me, it was just a constant yeah. fear. And, and, and it, was a, it, was a, it was a contraction. It was, it was this pressure to be small. And now I look up 30 years later and I'm like, wow, look at what's happening to the middle class. So many of us brought up like that. And so many people in this country suffering barely can get by. So you know anyway, you know what's funny about that? Like I actually leave the lights on in my house almost every night. My wife always gives me a hard time about it. And that is exactly why I do it though. Cause I was raised with that scarcity, turn every light off. And now I'm like, yeah, I yeah. don't need to turn my light. Like I can afford the extra $20 on my power bill or whatever, you know, by having yeah. the light. Yeah, dude, let me like, tell you, <laughs> if $20, $20 is your problem. You got bigger <laughs> problems than the 20 bucks. Okay. Yep. 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 Absolutely. And, it, but it, you know, it's, it's part of that culture, right? I mean, we all grew up with that culture, you know, it was, you yeah. know, the the upbringing from the sixties, the seventies and so on. And it's born and bred in us. And it's great. I mean, I know I, I, you know, I was, uh, I, I came from, uh, you know, fairly well to do, not, not, not upper class, but upper middle. And, and, uh, even, even then it was, it was kind of the same thing. So I think it was part of the times, uh, yeah. but you've, said, you know what, I'm 16, 17, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to be rich. What'd you do? How'd you, how'd you go about well, making I, that I, happen? I, I stayed broke for nine more years. It took a little while to, to click. I went to college. I got a, you know, college cause uh, my parents thought college was important and so many people still do today. And so I went to college and did the deal. I didn't want to go to college. I was there five years. I borrowed money from the government. I got an accounting degree. I didn't want I learned, went to classes that I, I didn't really want to be in. And, and, you know, I get out of college and then there was 24% unemployment in the little town that I worked in, which was a refinery. It was an oil, gas and refinery town. And which basically was a union town. And, and you, if you wanted a good job, it paid $15 an hour. Then you went to work at the unions. I didn't want to do that. Um, I got a college education, can't get a job in the degree I uh, went to college for, I owed the government money and the only job I could get was a sales job. Yeah. And um, so it was either take the sales job or get unemployment. Yeah. And I, and I actually hated the idea of being in sales so much. I went for the unemployment money. Ah, and, really? and, and, you know, so you did a, you did a, a piece I saw in your, your reel, you did a piece, I think it was on Fox where you're talking about the education system. And I know you're, you're a big fan of uh, a need for reform. Um, I'm guessing you probably are one uh, kind of like a Peter Thiel who's who's all about, you know, college today's value is is gone down dramatically. I'd be really interested to hear kind of your your thoughts on, you know, education because listen, our audience are entrepreneurs. These are folks yeah. who, you know, go and they make make things happen with or without schooling and so yeah, again, yeah. I, I'm curious. I mean, look, I I'm, I got an accounting degree. It was one of the better business degrees you could get when I was going to college and um I didn't want to get just a business degree. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to get an accounting degree. <laughs> and I've, I own four businesses. They, 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 we do almost $100 million a year in sales here. I've never even written a business plan. Yeah. Wow. So um, all I know is how to produce revenue. Yeah. That, that, I, I'm, I'm just a rev, I, I'm like produce revenue. 
expand, grow, grow revenue. You know, I, I, I built a software business. I didn't know anything about software. When you build a piece of software, you got to sell it. Somebody's got to sell the software. It doesn't matter yeah. how good it is. There's probably better software, but you still got to sell it. So uh, Mark Cuban says, the first thing that everybody needs to le- learn when, when uh, if they want to start their own business is how to sell the product or yeah. the service or the concept or raise money. One of the four. Yeah. So I have, um, I don't think much of college. I think college is basically a big business. I don't think it's for most people. I think a very, very small percentage of people should go to college. I think people actually use college as a way to avoid going to work and confronting the reality of life. I see that with every one of my like peers, you know, like uh, going through college. Yeah, I went to college and I got a history degree and now yeah. I'm using it <laughs> for to, what? To do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, to do a to podcast. Do a podcast <laughs> with, exactly. with Grant Cardone. Exactly. Which, <laughs> hey, maybe it worked. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't care. You could, you could have told me it doesn't matter to me that he's got a degree or not. Yep. I hire people every day in my company. I could care less what your degree was. I could care less what your grades were. Yep. I could care less what you studied. What can you do for me today and what can you do for me tomorrow? Yeah. Hey, Grant, what do you say to those guys who say that you need to have the business plan? Because, you know, that's that's a big thing, right? You got to have the plan. You got to map it out. Um, you say you got to sell. You got to be able to, to market and produce. Well, um, what do you I, tell those I, I guys? Think, I, think, I think everybody's business plan is it's a great idea if it gives you comfort. It's kind of like a condom, you know? Most people take it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know? If they can, you know? <laughs> I mean, really, come on. Uh, but, but yeah, you could, you, you could, you can get it. You can, you get a business plan if you want, if you want to, you know, pay $800 to build one. If you want to go spend time and energy, getting a business plan, 90% of the stuff that's going to happen to you will not be in that business plan. The the storm that New York got hit with last night, not in the business plan. ISIS, not in the business plan. Uh, disruption of uh, technologies, not in the business plan. It's just, you cannot think about everything that's in the business plan. So while you're writing your business plan, I'm going out into the marketplace and I'm getting, I'm building customers, whether it's in real estate or whether I'm selling a book. The first book I wrote was called Sell or Be Sold. I didn't know anything about writing a book. A book was never in my original business plan. I actually wanted to write books since I was like seven or eight years old because I thought I wrote well. My dad did calligraphy. My dad thought writing was a big deal. I don't know. Somehow that got stuck in me. I didn't write a book for 40 years. My first book, my first book, Sell or Be Sold, I wrote in three hours. Whoa. Yeah, I didn't even know you were supposed to get the book edited. I just went straight to print. I couldn't get a publisher to pick it up because it was 2009. Nobody was buying books. Uh-huh. Wrote the book, put uh, spines on it, uh, figured out, just found out, hey, put cover on it, go go with it and do it. And then, then now I got to figure out how to sell a book. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we, we sold thousands of copies of this book in 2009 when the world was coming to an end. And people started writing me saying, man, I love that book. It's the best book I've ever read on sales, blah, blah, blah. But you got misspelled words everywhere. (laughs) I'm like, really? And then one guy sent me a spreadsheet of every misspelled word, every run on sentence, every semicolon in the wrong place. And then I called him and said, man, thank you so much for doing that. But I'm like, dude, it's a best-selling book, Sam. (laughs) It's not a best written. I never said it was the best written. So, so awesome. I, I think the business plan can be important. I mean, to give you some kind of idea, but look, it's all going to change anyway. Yeah. That, it's really funny on the book because, you know, we, we kind of had a similar philosophy. We, we actually launched a publishing company two years ago through bigger pockets. We're like, you know, what? 
why don't we just write a book? Let's put something out. We don't have a publisher. We'll, we'll self-publish this thing. We got a distribution channel, which is our platform. Let's see what we can do. We wrote a book. We sold thousands and thousands of copies, you know, in the first year. And, and Brandon actually just put out a book, uh, what, three, four months ago. We're selling thousands of copies of that. And yeah, it's, you, you know what, in the world of business, at least what we've discovered is sometimes you got to just jump in and make things happen and, and, you know, it's either going to work or not. You got to hustle, you got to grind, you got to work it out. And, and that's, yeah. that's kind of my philosophy. And I love, I love that. Yeah. And if, as long as you're not going to quit, it's going to, it's going to, if you just don't quit, I mean, that's, that's what I would tell everybody, you know, if you just don't quit as hard yeah. as that is, you're going to figure out how to get to the other side. Yeah. I love yeah, that. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, I know, I know you wanted to talk about 10 X. I mean, so Brandon, I mean, this is a book you say is pretty good. Maybe, maybe we should, <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it good? I mean, it what, is good. It is good. Oh, Actually, okay. I listened to the audible book of it on my road trip last uh, couple months ago down to California. It was amazing. It's, it's 10 times better than anything else you've ever listened to or read. 10, 10 did times you, better. Did you, did you read the audible book? Was that you? Grant? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I would not, I would not, there's no way I would give my material to anybody else to deliver. See, I, so when we came out with our book, I debated back and forth, should I do it or not? Then I heard you read yours and I was like, oh, I can read mine. So I read half of it. It was terrible quality audio. (laughs) And so I I dropped it and I hired some guy to do it. I kind of regret that now. Maybe going back, I, 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 yeah, we, we actually, we, we hired somebody to my first New York times bestseller was if you're not first, you're last. Wiley convinced me to have this guy read it. And when I heard it, I said, no, you got to take it off of every shelf, everywhere in the world. I'll pay, remove it. It's horrible. <laughs> and then I went and sat and read it. What happens is I write a book and then then four to six months later, I go read it. I sit here in a studio like this and read it. And it becomes double the book because now I'm aware you guys have written books. So you, you'll understand this. You don't, you know, when you put that last chapter, last page in a book, you don't know for another three or four months all the chapters you left out and all the stories you could have added and all the examples. And then you get questions from people. So that's when I go back in. The, the 10X rule, the one you have on audio, is probably double or triple the content of the book. Oh, wow. Because I just start ripping off on it. That's cool. And I've had enough time with it to understand what I missed. I actually a, thought that when I was reading it. I thought, I wonder if he's like, you know, uh, expanding on stuff as he reads. I, I mean, I, I know, it makes sense. People, I know people that have read the book and then they get on the audio program or the download, the, the MP3 download, and they're like, that wasn't even in the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. Well, nice. so maybe you can kind of start at the beginning of 10X. I mean, what is, what is 10X rule? What is the 10X rule? Well, the 10X rule is, it's for, it's the, in the order of books that I wrote, I wrote a book called Seller Be Sold in 2009. The economy was falling apart. The president of the bank now became a salesperson. Okay. If you owned a company in 2009, when Lehman collapsed the next day, you were salesperson. You were no longer chief operating officer, CFO, treasury. If you couldn't produce revenue in the next three months, you were out of a job. Yep. Yeah. So that book was really not, it's not a sales book. It's not about how to sell something. It's about why your, your dreams and your future is dependent upon selling and what that is and what it means to be a salesperson, uh, not just a sales professional. So the second book I wrote was called Closer Survival Guide. That was a book about how to negotiate. And in that book, that was six months after I wrote the first book, 2010, I think. And I was saying, look, the world will no longer give you what you're worth. It will only give you what you negotiate and what you can make sense of. So that book was about how to get a deal done. That's different than selling. The third book was called, If You're Not First, You're Last, How to Keep a Pipeline Full. And the fourth book um, was the 10X Rule, which was basically, look, if you know how to sell and you know how to negotiate, you know how to follow up, 
But if you don't take any action and you don't take the right orders of magnitude of actions, you're going to stay small. These books were written for me to solve the problems I was facing at the time, which was in 2012, I realized I had been selling to two smaller verticals. I had been communicating to verticals. You guys didn't know who I was. That's a problem. Okay. Yeah. So when I came on and you said, hey, t- Grant, tell, tell me. The fact that I got to tell people who I am is what the 10X rule is. Yeah. Yeah. Seven billion people need to know your name, your brand, your company. So if you look at the most successful people, the Cubans, the, uh, the Jack Welches, the Steve, you know, the Jobs, we know them. Jesus right. Christ, I know their name, okay? Right, and the right. 10X rule is about, look, you have to become omnipresent. You have to get everybody to know you. You can no longer, we're no longer in a world where you target market. Everybody needs to know you, even if you're not in that market. Gotcha. So Love is it. that what you mean when, you know, in, in the book, you, there was a quote that I know Brandon mentioned, it's success is your duty, obligation, and responsibility. Is that, is that kind of what you're, you're talking about here? Well, it's a, it, that, that, that's a little, it's, a, that's more of a why is like, why, why are you going to do this? Like I'm heavily invested in real estate, as you guys might know. And, and, yeah. um, you know, I mean, that wasn't my first business. That was my third business. But I thought that real estate, I thought real estate provided me with a financial success that the other companies could not. Uh, because because I believe that real estate, particularly the kind of real estate I invest in, is indestructible. No technology will ever destroy or disrupt what I do, which is multifamily apartments. Uh, no economy, no inflationary, no deflationary. There's nothing that will happen that will disrupt my uh, real estate holdings. Yeah, and and so that ties into success is my duty. It is my duty and my obligation and my responsibility to provide that kind of success for my family and for my dreams and my name. Yeah, yeah, and it's interesting. That's you know, that's one of these things that. You know, we're we're in this this real estate investing space and bigger pockets. I I started it out of a, a need to help myself with my own personal real estate investing. And it's funny, you know, I get a lot of people who say, Hey Josh, you know, when the economy was bad, what was going on with bigger pockets? You know, how how'd you guys survive? And when things are thriving, how are you guys doing? I'm like, real estate is always going to go well if you know what you're doing. If you're smart, if you get in at the right time, if you know how to evaluate a property, buy it at the right price. You really can't do wrong, at least over long term, and 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 so that it's that's exactly right. And 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 hearing. Well, I mean, you I, say, I, look, I got I got I got at least eleven buddies that would would disagree with you, okay? <laughs> because they busted out in two thousand nine and two thousand ten. Sure. But what did they pay for their properties? How well how they did were they over they were it? over leveraged. They yeah, were over leveraged. They bought product that people didn't actually need. Right. It was all on the come. It was all you know. I mean, what you're describing for me is income properties. When I buy something that's producing income from day one, whether whether I don't need to wave some magic wand, I don't need to fix something, I don't build anything. I buy existing properties that are already producing revenue. Yep. Then I do my little magic to them. So you don't, you don't focus on appreciation whatsoever. It's all about just stat, you know, income from the get go and just kind of go forward. My my performance is going to say that it will never be worth more money. It will be. Right. And that I don't manage better. Uh, it's going to assume every worst case scenario, which is out of the 10x rule. Yep. And that regardless, uh, I'm still going to make money every month. Yep. I love it. I love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I read a was it Ken McElroy's book, The ABCs of Real Estate Investing, way back in the day, and he's a multifamily investor as well, and uh, just got completely consumed by the idea of apartments. So I bought a 24 unit a few years ago, love the thing, and what, I mean, my plan is to do what you're doing. Uh, and you mentioned in the 10X, actually, so my goal was always 100 units. I said, I want to get 100 units. That was my goal. Yeah. And then you said something about, uh, you wanted, I think you said 500 units, and then you 10X that, and you're like, I want 5,000 units, or something yeah, like that. It totally changed the way I thought about it. Well, I, I, I was uh, actually, I wrote in my book, I have this day timer called the 10X Day Planner because it, and the 10X Planner is basically, it has my goals in it in the morning and at night. I write my goals in the morning and I've been doing this for 30 years. Right. So, you know, I write my goals down twice a day for 30 years. I mean, that's a yeah. lot, of, lot, of, oh, yeah. lot of focus on goals. Another guy writes them down once a year. You know, I j- j- out of sight, out of mind. Like if you're not paying attention to what you want, you're not going to get it. You're just going right. to get something else. So for at least, for at least, uh, I don't know, maybe six years, I wrote down, I own 500 units in Southern California. I didn't even live in California. I don't even know why I was writing this. I was, I was in <laughs> to Texas. I, I own 500 units in Southern California. I'd never even been to Southern California. I wanted to live there one day. I own a ho- home in La Jolla, California. I just wrote this stuff constantly for yeah. for maybe three, four, five, six years. Every day, every morning, every night. And the next thing you know, I had I bought 500 units in San Diego, California. I had a house in La Jolla, California. Now, this isn't like the law. Uh, what's it called? The law of... Uh, Attraction. Yeah, yeah. Like this is not that. Okay, this is not the secret. This is a freaking. This is not a secret. You don't want the secret. You want the answer. Yeah. And the answer is focus on what you want every day. And I was writing this down every day. That's where I'm going. First deal I ever bought was 38 units, but it took me five years to buy my first deal. While I was writing my goals down, every weekend I was living in Houston, Texas at the time. Every weekend, I'd spend Saturday and Sunday shopping real estate. I've never read a book on real estate. Never read one book. I got a book back here. I just have never read it. How to Build a Real Estate Empire. Nice. I'm like, shit, I ain't got to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the uh, book. <laughs> well, I'm I mean, living it. <laughs> I own $350 million worth of real estate today. So wow. uh, my, my, my accountant just gave it to me. Like, you're, you just hit 350. So nice. um, that's, that's why, empire, why not 3.5 billion, man? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm working a little disappointed I'm work- in you. <laughs> I'm working on him, bro. I'm working all right, on it. All right. Dude, I'm well, disappointed in me. Report back to me next week and let's let's see where you're I, at. I'm disappointed in me. You know, you being disappointed in me, that doesn't mean anything. I'm disappointed in yeah. me. Cause I know, I know it's I know it's out there. Yeah. And so uh the first uh I, I used to write it down in Houston. I own five hundred units, you know, and they all cash flow twelve percent. And then the next thing, I didn't buy anything in Houston because I didn't have enough money. Didn't mean I didn't have money. It mean I didn't have enough money to pull the trigger. And that's really important to know because most people will not pull the trigger when they don't have enough money put away. Yeah. So I needed to accumulate more money to have the courage to say, I'm willing to put this at risk. Gotcha. And so when I, when I, and, and so I missed this whole opportunity in Houston, but the whole time while I was studying, looking at deals, looking at performance, meeting agents, learning what NOI is and what rental income is and what an expense is and what the expenses should be, what a market looks like, you know, uh, then the next thing you know, I was in San Diego and I bought my first deal. Nice. Nice. And, and why did you, why did you pick that, that particular deal? It was San Diego versus Houston. You know, what was kind well, of the, the yeah, I think, I, I think I had enough, uh, I think I had enough looking in a market to start having a sense of a market. There's an intuition that can only be built over 
the experience of looking and observing. And I, yeah. and I knew when I left Houston, had I bought everything that I looked at in Houston, I would have made money. Yeah. Everything, literally. It was going through this, this bad market in Houston at the time. And look, real estate is definitely a timing thing. So you don't want to be in the same market forever. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll take that back here in a second, but it was in this trough and there was this bad news and, and it was after the savings and loan collapse. And, and I was just too scared and I didn't have enough money, but looking back, I could have bought anything and everything that I looked at almost everything. And I would have made money. So when I was in San Diego, I told myself, if I'm ever in that kind of market again, I'll buy. This was right after the saving loan. Nobody was buying anything. Everybody was leaving California. This is 25 years ago. And I told my friend Dale, we were driving through downtown San Diego. I'm like, dude, this is it. It's, it's happening. And then I started looking for property. I found these 38 units. It was my first deal was, what was that deal? $1.9 million. I put 350 grand down, shoved all in. I don't believe in diversification. I think diversification is, is, is a dumb thing to do. Find the right vehicle and go all in. Yeah. And, and then bought, uh, bought that deal. And then 30 days later, bought my second deal. So, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Now, are you, that first deal, you, you put cash down. Are, how are you financing most of these deals now? I mean, big, I, I, you're doing big properties. The same the same way I did them now. I mean, I'll, I won't even look at 38 units anymore. I'm like, shit, yeah. I ain't doing it. <laughs> piker, uh, piker. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, that leaves an opportunity for a lot of people out there to look at 38 units. Yep. Right. And you should be looking at, you, you, I would just tell everybody, leave 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 single family residents at home. Alone. I don't know if y'all y'all invest in that, but. I don't like it. <laughs> I've, had, I've had bad luck with single family. I mean, and, and if yeah. you can figure out how to do four units, then you can figure out how to do 12. And if you can yeah. figure out how to do 12, you can figure out how to do 20. Yep. So your issues are going to be a down payment, but it's easier to get a loan on a multifamily than any other piece of real estate in the world today. Multifamily is the easiest, most desirable, in vogue, bank friendly debt you can get, including where you live. That's great. So uh, your question was what? Why that one? How'd you finance it? I mean, like, uh, are you, oh, oh, do you oh, use yeah. partners I, as well? And do you use, or do you just, no, I've never, I haven't used partners. I use a, a bank. I just go to a bank and say, I want to buy this deal today. I use Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, but I'm using my own equity and I'm using, um, traditional financing. Fascinating. Okay. So you're using Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, like the big government, you know, sort of government, uh, what do you call them? They have a quasi name. Government, yeah. Quasi government uh, organizations. I call them my partners. I call them my partners. <laughs> You know, See, so like I did, I just locked on fifty million dollars worth of Fannie debt, Freddie Mac debt, actually at three point eight percent on fifty million. Wow! For ten years, thirty. It's a thirty-year AM, thirty-year amortized. Ten years. I'm sorry, not ten years. It's uh based on the ten-year Treasury. Okay. It's three point eight percent interest only for five of the thirty years. Wow, man. I got to get me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's like, I mean, the money's so cheap right now. Yeah. yeah. So and where, really quick uh, on these, yeah. on the, the, the properties you're buying, obviously you're buying larger properties. Where, where are you finding them? How are you learning about them? Is that just through uh, the agents that you've, uh, you speak to or. Yeah. Or I mean, pe people, people know me as a, people know me as a, as a closer, you know, yeah. like uh, I, I found a deal. I mean, this is a long story here. So, well, so sure, I buy, sure. I, I, let me let me just back up a second. So I buy 500 units in San Diego. Now, that goes back to that goal setting thing. Because if you don't have something driving your destination, I go buy 500 units in San Diego, that market explodes. We were literally raising rent sometimes $100 a month. Just like, wow, wow. And everybody's like, 
oh, we're doing so good. I'm like, dude, the, 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 those units can be the, raise the rent, yeah. just raise the rent. And, it, and they're like, well, we need to do something. I'm like, you don't need to do anything. Just raise the rent. The marketplace <laughs> is causing, this was yeah. a compressed market. So I always look for, typically I'm looking for markets. So a couple of little tricks. I'm looking for markets where they don't allow building where permits to build cost more than the building. At that time in San Diego, it cost $26,000 to permit one wow. unit. Wow. I was, buying the units, I was buying the units for 70000 Wow. So to go build a new one, it would cost $26,000 for a piece of paper, and you hadn't even put a nail or a stud up in a piece of cement. Yeah. So I'm looking for, and typically I'm looking for a democratic voting environments interesting why the is more that? The, yeah the yeah. more liberals the better interesting why is that <laughs> because they don't like to build ah, ah they, they, they want to restrict everything you know they get their panties in a wad over <laughs> everything they want to protect everything and everything the way it is and and and, and that makes it very expensive look at cities like new You're york talking about rent controls and stuff like that coming totally in as well, san francisco yeah. los angeles all these very heavy, heavy and i'm not talking politics here i'm talking business but where there's heavy heavy concentration of liberals yeah okay you're going to see extremely high rents mm-hmm. yeah. if they would just pay attention to their own bullshit that was <laughs> cool. so so and, and then we I, just that's lost half I, our audience, but it's all good. That's all right. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. It's seven billion people on this planet. So, I mean, if you guys are interested in making money, you got to pay attention to those those Absolutely. kind of things. Also, I'm looking typically. I'm not always interested in high growth areas either. So, if a deal's a value add deal, where I know I'm, I should know that day that I bought it that I made money. I know everybody's heard that. If you don't know that you made money the day you bought it. That was a bad deal. Interesting. That makes you should know that day, hey, I made money today. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and, and whatever that is, like you're going to go in there and do something and prove it. But you should be making cash flow on your deal from day one. But you should know going, going forward, you made money. You see some value in that deal. And that's going to take more than a book. That's going to take you putting feet on the ground, learning yeah. a town, learning a little market. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Right? This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, 
and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their LightDoc and Common Sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Deciding how to invest your capital can be extremely challenging, especially when the market is constantly changing. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company that has a great track record. The BAM Capital executive team has successfully navigated through the Great Recession, COVID-19, and the current interest rate environment while delivering maximized returns to their partners. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator with over $1.3 billion in transactions, delivering a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. And BAM Capital has consistently paid preferred return distributions for over 50 consecutive months, has not lost limited partners capital, and has not called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital's disciplined investment strategy is targeting undermanaged institutional quality trophy assets throughout the U.S. heartland for accredited investors who are looking for generational wealth building or monthly income opportunities. Their offerings target cash flow stability, capital preservation, long-term appreciation, and accelerated tax benefits. Join BAM Capital's over 1,200 investors across 44 states and get started today at BAMCapital.com. Again, that's BAMCapital.com. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes to help you see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like, so you can find a home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even on the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to help you get the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Um, one thing you just mentioned there, and maybe this can, you know, kind of ties in with the 10x stuff. I mean, it does. Uh, you mentioned when Josh made the joke about losing half our audience, he said, it's okay, there's 7 billion people. You know, that yeah. philosophy right there, I just love that philosophy, right? Of like, there's always more people, there's always more success. I think you mentioned that in the book that, you know, there's always another, like, there's always more opportunity out there. Um, can you maybe talk on that for a minute? I mean, like, that kind of yeah, philosophy. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm I'm 56 years old, so I'm not. Uh, you know, it took me a little while to understand this, but I'm not in high school running a popularity contest right. anymore. So, you want to criticize me? You, you want to hate me? You think I'm arrogant? You think I'm conceited? You think I'm a braggart? You think well, whatever? Well, dude, whatever. That's more about. I know today this. When people criticize me or you. It's more about them than it is about you. Absolutely. It's ne it's never really about the target. It's really about the person that's delivering the message. Yeah. You know, like somebody will be like, I have a I have a nice car. I have a really nice car. And people are like, well, why does he need to drive that? Dude, that's about you. That's not about me. I'm yeah. going to buy a plane this year. Okay. Yeah. Nobody nice. needs a plane, dude. Nobody needs a plane. It's <laughs> stupid. I'm going to yeah. buy a nine-passenger jet, okay, that's got six foot feet of headroom. 
that I can walk down the aisle and there's only going to be me most of the time, maybe another person on that jet. Okay. Stupid. It burns 250 gallons of gas a freaking hour. Okay. <laughs> it's stupid, man. It's so stupid. <laughs> and somebody's going to be like, what's wrong with that guy? That guy's yep. dude, that says more about you than it does about me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, so, if you want to come to Denver and you know, we go for a spin, I'm, I'll, I'll come hang yeah, you out. Got you know? it. So <laughs> all I'm saying is, you know, I used to make fun of all that stuff until yeah. one day a guy told me, he's like, Hey man, whatever you criticize, whatever you're criticizing, you got a problem with it's your problem, not their problem. Yeah. So, and typically it's stuff I don't understand. And so you back to your point about the 10 X thing. Look, if, if people, if people don't know who you are, you're not buying their property from them. If nobody has ever heard of you, yeah. me and you go into a deal, you got a billion dollars and I only have whatever I have. You're worth, you're a Saudi prince and you got freaking money coming out of both ears in every orifice and you could pay cash for everything in the town. Right. If I know them, then you're not getting the deal. I don't right. care how much money you have. In multifamily real estate and the kind of real estate I buy, it's will you close the deal? Not how much money you have. I, yeah. I had a deal. I was in Los Angeles, California. This is right with the 10X rule. I was in Los Angeles, California. I'm running my other three companies. So what I do is I take these three companies and every penny I get, every free nickel I have goes into this fourth company called the real estate. Every, free, every time I get money, I go broke again because I just shove it all into this real estate thing. So I have this one company that I know is indestructible. There, there's no app or technology, Steve Jobs or future technology, Google or whatever can ever replace where people have to live. We're a renter nation forever. Yep. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't understand that, we will never go back to home ownership at 50 and 60% levels like we did uh, before the, the crash. Although we are they're trying nation. to go there, man. Yeah, mean, they're going to try. They're going to push it. But people don't want it this time. They're like, people that are 25 years old is like, dude, I don't want to freaking live in the same city for the rest of my life like yeah. mom and dad did. Yeah. I want to get out in an adventure. Maybe I don't even want to live in the United States anymore. I might want to go to freaking India or Saudi. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So this multifamily thing won't be destroyed. So I take these three companies that will probably be destroyed in my lifetime that I've made a ton of money off of. Yeah. Okay. And I take all that money and I park it over here. So I'm always broke running these three. So I'm having to hustle every day to get new money. And then I shove it in over here. This multifamily, I'm in LA and I find out about these thousand, it's 1100 units in Stewart, uh, Florida that are for sale. It's a portfolio. This guy owned it. He died in his will. It said when he dies, he has to dump this property, this 1100 units. There's 38 bidders. This happened 24 months ago. So this is fairly current. There's 38 bidders. All 38 parties have money. All of them have done multifamily. And all 37 of the 38 are known by the broker. Wow. I'm the only one the broker doesn't know. Interesting. I have no chance of getting this deal. Right. Yep. Okay. Why? He doesn't know me. Now, yeah. how the deal in real estate, which is not in any book that I've seen, Okay, you got to first make yourself known to this guy. How do you make yourself known? I used an electronic, a video LOI to present my offer. Nice. Never heard that before. That's a great idea. Love that. Okay. And we've been talking about this, by the way. Like yesterday, Brandon and I were riffing on this, you know, because I just put an offer on a house. We wrote a letter, my wife and I, we wrote a letter, put a picture of ourselves and our family because we figure, you know what, that's the one way we can get ourselves to know. I didn't even think to do a video. Brilliant. This was a Brilliant. video. Okay. Now yeah. this goes to a board of trustees. There's six guys sitting on this board embedded in the video is a link. 
that sends me back a message every time it gets clicked. <laughs> nice. So I don't, I also know how many times they've looked at the video. Yep. That's awesome. Now the broker on the deal, the broker on the deal that's responsible for the deal, all he cares about is what? Closing close. the deal. Because yeah. yep. that's when he gets his commission. Yep. Price, price is less important to him. Yep. Yep. 38 guys look at this deal. 38 are bidding this deal up. In multifamily today, you don't just get to make an offer and get a deal. There's a whole vetting process, 38 guys, best and final offers, make it down to the last five. Then it's a race to push the four, four, the five, four, the five, push the fifth guy up. I mean, they're trying to max dollars out in multifamily. It's extremely competitive, particularly these big portfolios. So, I send out an LOI to a guy that's done billions of dollars of real estate. Now, these are very sophisticated people. The guy calls me and says, man, I've never seen a video LOI in my freaking life. <laughs> so I'm the guy that's going to buy your property, dog. <laughs> you want to stop? <laughs> you want to see how real I am? See, because the video, I became real to him. Now I'm on the phone with him. I said, look, man, I'm flying in tomorrow morning. I'm going to be in at 630 in the morning. Will you pick me up? He's like, what do you mean? I said, found out about the property. I'm taking a red eye. I'm flying in. Can you pick me up tomorrow morning? Sure, man. I got on a plane, did a red eye that night. Now, it wouldn't have mattered to me. I would have done a red eye no matter what yep. to show him how serious I was about seeing this deal. I've used the video and the red eye three different times to buy properties. The red eye, the red eye shows people that you're willing to suffer to yeah. get a deal. Yep. People like to see people that suffer, okay? <laughs> I bought that property for... I was the lowest bidder and won the deal. Nice. Okay. Nice. Won the deal. Now this is a this is a fifty-eight million dollar deal. This is a big deal. Okay. This is not this isn't this isn't for kids. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying everybody involved, these are they they watched my video 18 times. Wow. Six nice. guys watched it 18 times. That means they watched it over and over, passed it around their buddies. What are they doing when they're watching it? Talking, Talking about, about you. you. Talking about yeah. Grant Cardone. Who is this cat, yeah. man? So yep. the point of that is this, you got to, you got to get people to know you and you have to be willing to get people to criticize you. You have to even be willing to get people to hate on you a bit. Like we don't do business like this, man. Who do you think you are? You got to be willing to go there. If you could get half the country to hate you, just imagine how valuable this is. If you could get, and we're not taught this in school. If you could get half the people in the United States to hate you, you could be the president. Yep. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. So what are you going to do? You get this private jet. You, you're going to still take the red eye or, you, you know, you got, you, it's not going to work. No, no. Is then it? it's going to be different. Then it's going to be different. <laughs> I'm flying in tomorrow morning, man. How about I pick you up on the way in? <laughs> nice. And, and nice. hey, look, that's the only reason I have the jet. You know, the jet, the reason I have the jet is to go influence people, pick them up to give, to give a value add in a transaction that he can't get some other place. Yeah. It's not for me to fly around by myself. It's for me to pr pick that broker up. And say, hey, man, I want to pick you and your family up and go off this weekend and maybe get an in. Yep. yep. Hey, Grant, what does success that. mean to you, man? You talk about it a lot in, in the yep. book. What, yep. what, is, what is it? Well, for me, it means, you know, that's a great question. I love that question, actually. It's a layup. It's like you just <laughs> lobbed that one up for <laughs> Make me. Make it guy. easy, man. Make it easy. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to hit it out of the park, man. <laughs> so so uh, I was doing a presentation for a group uh, in Salt Lake City last week. And, and I'm like, look, dude, don't even worry about it, okay? I'm going to hit a home run. The question is. Will it be a grand slam? Okay. So, so, uh, and, and some of you watching this right now, you're like, man, a guy's so cocky. Look, you need to get some freaking cocky on. You need to get some <laughs> swag on. You need, you need to get, you need to get so confident that you walk in a room and everybody sees you freaking beaming. 
And whether some people like it or not, most, most of the time people are walking in the room, nobody even knows you're there. Nothing happened. You need yep. to walk in a room and own it because you're getting looked over right now. And that's what I said earlier about, look, the marketplace is not going to pay you what you're worth. It's going to underpay you most of your career. And if you freaking shine, one day it'll overpay you. But it's yep. never going to pay you what you're worth. So success for me is, is the difference between, it's not money, it's not a car, it's not how much net worth is. It, it, success for me is the difference between my reality, where I'm at now, and my potential to go to another place. Okay. I like that. I like okay. that. I'll tweet that later. Yeah, so what I'm looking for is my potential all the time. I'm driven to my potential yep. when other people are comparing their their situation to what they have and where they're at. Yep. I just read so, that. I just read that the other day, and in, in, I don't remember what book it was, but yeah, they said a lot. Most people compare their success to the next person over rather than comparing it to what your potential is. And I, I thought yeah, that was yeah, terrific. They're making sense. They're making sense of their position or situation in life. And we were taught that. Our, our, you know, your mom. Your mom said, "There's people starving in India." You know, I'm like, mom, you don't even know where India is. Okay. I mean, I, I, I don't know why we're talking about India all of a sudden, but you know, you should never compare yourself to another person because they're not paying your bills and they don't have your dreams. Yep. I got gotcha. You. Gotcha. Awesome. All right. So, so I, I give you a softball. I, I want to give you kind of another softball here. Goal setting. Most people recommend setting goals that are attainable, right? And, yeah. and you know, you don't preach that. Not, not just on, you know, the whole 10X is about, you know, going out there. Why do we not want to go for attainable goals. Why do we want to set these 10 X, you know, semi unattainable you, goals? You know, I, I heard Ted Turner, Ted Turner, the founder of CNN, you know, he, he, his dad told him, do y'all know this story? Nope. Well, maybe no, I don't. He said, never set a goal that you can attain. I heard that. I heard Ted Turner say that. I was okay. like, dude, that is, that is so right. Wow. What was I thinking this whole time? That was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And then his dad killed himself after that. <laughs> Because he couldn't reach any of his goals or what? No, no, no. no I mean, I'm not laughing at the loss of Mr. Yeah, you Turner. are. Yeah, I'm you just... are. You were laughing. You were laughing. <laughs> you were laughing. So, so what happened was he was telling his son, look, man, if you set goals that are attainable, you're going to be depressed. And if you look around, you're, you're going to see most people are just, what, what, are they doing? what are they doing every day? Are you living to your potential? I mean, come on, really? This was what you were supposed to do? Uh, you know, anybody in my family, anywhere in my lineage, I could go back to, to Sicily where my, my family was, you know, started, or at least that's what they tell me. Nice. Um, and my great, great, great grandfathers would say, my God, son, you've done well. Okay, well, good. But what does that mean? Yep. It's not, it's not, it's not, that's not my potential. If the great people stopped on potential, God would have stopped on butterflies and mountaintops and, and, and blue skies. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, Why stop, right. man? Why stop? See, a lot of people get confused, I think, because they're like, oh, man, that guy keeps going for more. He's greedy. I'm not greedy. I'm trying to fulfill my potential. And I think yeah. my potential is a spiritual issue. It's got nothing to do with money. Okay. Uh, I want to I want to create a billion dollar real estate portfolio. I can't spend the money I have now. Yeah. I just think that it's within my potential to do this. I've never raised money. I've never created a REIT. I've never created a fund. I know a lot of guys that aren't as bright as me and don't work as hard have done all those things. And I know guys that do multifamily that they don't have any money invested. I have all my money invested. And, and so it's available. So why not, why not try to fulfill my potential? That's awesome. I love yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. You know, I, I, uh, I don't know. I get a lot of, I get questions from people who are like, Hey Josh, you know, when are you going to be happy? When's it going to be big enough? When is what you're yeah. doing? 
And the funny thing is I can actually never answer that question because I don't know. I, and maybe it's a, a, a gamesmanship. Maybe it's, uh, you know, just something innate and born inside you. But, you know, for me, it's like, I don't want to stop because I find it fun. It's a challenge to keep going, keep growing, keep yeah, building. Yeah. And, and Josh, and, I, I, I think the answer is not the problem. It's the question that's problematic. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm telling you, I want to build a billion dollar real estate portfolio. And you're talking about me being happy. Yeah. Who? I, I'm not even interested in being happy. What, why are you so freaking hell bent on being happy? I don't want to be happy. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know happy's even on my freaking goal chart? Okay. When I write, when I, when I draw out my shit, happy ain't part of the <laughs> recipe. Okay. I ain't interested I'm gonna in I'm going to tweet happy. that one. <laughs> okay. You know what? Here's to your happy shit. Okay. <laughs> That's to your happy shit. Middle finger to your happy. I see everybody running around. Dude, if you want to be happy, go write a fucking song with Farrell or whatever his cat's name is and where his little hat. Pharrell, right? Dude, I'm not interested in happy, okay? I'm interested in meaning. Yeah. I'm interested in my duty. I'm interested in obligation. I'm interested in being the biggest donor at my church. I'm interested in impacting my community. I'm interested in helping tens of thousands of people. You're going to work trying to be happy. I don't care about it. Yeah. So- so I, you see what I'm saying? When you're at, I would never ask you, what about happy Josh? Josh, why don't you lay down? <laughs> why don't you lay you? down on this sofa <laughs> and let's find out why you're so fucked up, Josh. Wow. Are we going to cuddle too or what? <laughs> we might, we might. See, there's nothing wrong with you, dude. You, you know, there's more people need to be freaking grinding and struggling and pushing to, to really fulfill their, because I think that's when people are happy. I'm happiest when I'm productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. All right. So you're one of the busier dudes out there. You know, you're, you're rocking it. You're on TV. You got shows, you're coming up with programming, real estate, five books, three, uh, you know, I can't even list your whole portfolio, man. You got a whole lot of crap going on. What, you know, what is, how do you start your day? You know, I know you got the goals in there and I know you end it with the goals. No, I mean, I, I, I got routines, you know, I like, to, I try to work out every morning. I try to spend time with my kids every morning. The first thing I get up early, I do the, the, the early shift with the kids. Uh, when, before I had kids, I didn't have that. When I had kids, I changed my shift up so I could spend an extra, you know, 30 or 45 minutes with the kids in the morning, just me, me time, daddy time with the kids. Uh, because, you know, I'm a good father, but I'm not a good mother. I let her do the mother stuff. I do the, I get, I get to influence the kids. Like Sabrina, my five-year-old, I'm like, baby, look, you count to 10, learn how to count to a hundred. Once you get the hundred thing down, then you start skipping. Yep. Yeah. She's yep. like, what do you mean skipping? I'm like, you don't, you don't, you don't need to do 101. Okay. You go hundred straight to a million. Nice. Okay. Nice. Don't let those teachers, don't let those teachers <laughs> teach you all that whole, that whole step shit. Okay. Oh, man. You go, you go one to a hundred, get to a hundred. Then you go 1 million. <laughs> then you go hundred million. Nice. Cause nice. I learned how to count too many numbers. So I don't, I don't know guys. I, I, you know, I wake up in the morning. I try to get to work on time. You know, uh, I have a sales meeting every day with my staff. What are we doing? Where are we going? Who are we? And then I put as much stuff as I can on my calendar so that uh, I don't have free space because I, 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 you know, free space is a problem for me. Nice. What happens? You just start new companies, write new books when you got free space. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Most most of the time I'm involved in stuff. I have no clue what I'm doing. Nice. I'm starting a company right now. I have freaking no clue. I'm so far... I'm in such deep water right now. I have no clue what I'm doing. Now, now, is that good or is that bad? Does that worry you? Or is that, you know, is that a beautiful thing when people start to kind of 
bring think, you I into to projects. I think it's I think it's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like it. I like I like the play, you know. I like I like the uh I like the action. Yeah. So of like all the action. stuff you've done, right? You yeah. I mean you've yeah. done Again, you, yeah, we didn't talk about you had this, this show, Turnaround Kings. You, you I'm know, an unbelievable human being. You're man. a crazy mofo, man. <laughs> you are a crazy dude. So like what, you know, and I'm not going to ask what makes you happy, but like, you know, is there one thing of all this stuff that you do that, that excites you the most? What gets you, what gets you the most juiced up, the most pumped? Is it just everything? Is it just Grant Cardone, the man? Or no, is no, there I mean, something look, in, in look, particular? Look, I, I, I wouldn't do this, you know, if I was just money motivated, I, all I would do is buy real estate. Yeah. Okay. So if my accountant said to me, why, why do you even bother with the books? <laughs> I mean, you know how many books you got to sell for $350 million worth of real estate? Yeah. A, lot, a lot of books, dude. Yeah, right. I, I got 3,200 units that pay on average uh, uh, just under 1,100 bucks a unit. So, wow. and I own them. I don't, it's not a REIT. I own yeah, the yeah. profits. Okay. So why am I, why am I writing a book? I mean, come on. Yeah. You know why? Because when, when Brandon says, dude, I, I, I listened to your 10 X rule and it changed my life. That's what I live for right there. I, lo- I love to help people. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I, I truly, I write, I write for entrepreneur.com. I don't get paid to write for entrepreneur.com. It yep. takes time to write an article. Okay. Yep. Uh, I wrote an article last year for entrepreneur.com. It was the number one article at their, at their site. They have 14 million users. Mark Cuban writes there. Uh, Richard Branson writes. Start, there. start next week. I write there. Yeah, oh, yeah. good, dude. I'm, good. I'm taking good. you on. And Grant, I will be uh, the most popular article this oh, year. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> All right. I will be. And I hope so, man. I hope so. So, so uh, you know, when, when somebody writes me from Thailand and or from Jordan, a guy came to work for, him, uh, for us from Jordan, and he's like, dude, I just want to work here and learn from you. And I mean, th- that that's not money, and that's not happy. That's meaning. It's yeah. a meaningful life at that point. That's beautiful. I love it. That, that it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, huh, man? And, and you know, it, it's cool because we we get a lot of that with with what we do. I mean, we got like a group from our our website in South Korea, man. I'm gonna be Brandon was on with that, those guys a, a couple months ago. I'm a, I'm gonna be on the air with those guys. I mean, you know, we get letters all the time from people how we're changing their lives, teaching them about real estate. And I wanted to ask you because, um, you know, you're you're this guy who's got this success mindset. What? Why do you think more people aren't doing this real estate thing? When, when Brandon and I talk a lot about real estate, we, we kind of talk about this funnel, right? People start with personal finance. Hey, I'm going to buy stocks. I'm going to buy bonds. And then, you know, as they get more sophisticated, they kind of come into this funnel. And at the very, 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 very end of the funnel is real estate. And it kills me because it's, it's not as hard as everybody makes it out to be. The, the major media, the major press, you know, all the business press, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an also ran. You know, nobody yeah, gets yeah, a yeah. crap about real estate and it, it's just like, which is great. It creates opportunity for guys like you, but, and, and less competition, but still, you know, wh- why do you think that is? Well, I think, I think the, end, the, the wall street who has the ear of, uh, the politician who is really a lawyer, um, you know, why do you have 401 and Kios? You know, why, why, why do you know, you, you have a law that says if you invest in this 401, we'll match it and you won't pay taxes on that. So it yeah. traps money for Wall Street. It traps. It traps your money. It takes your money that was yours and now becomes somebody else's to control. So um, why don't more people do real estate? I don't know. If you look at the richest people on the planet, sooner or later, you got to have real estate. Yep. yep. Now, the question is, what kind of real estate do you want? Yeah. You know, and, and then, then I'm like, hey, I buy a multifamily. First question everybody asks, do people call you? <laughs> do you clean uh, yeah, toilets? 
Yeah, people call me. People call me. You know, people called me yesterday and said, hey, 19 checks are coming your way. Yeah, nice. Like, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you know, people people don't call me. Look, I had two people. I had a phone call from a, from a guy in Tucson. I, I, I bought 2,200 apartments in Tucson. I don't own those anymore. I've been in five states, California, Arizona, Texas, uh, Florida, Charlotte, North Carolina. Now I'm in Savannah and Mobile, Alabama. I bought 2,200 units, three days. I went to Tucson. First time I ever went there, bought Tucson was not on anybody's radar. It was nobody's list. Uh, you can buy a list uh, from like Hendrix and partners and they'll give you every, the, the, the status of every apartment market in the country. So I'm studying these and Tucson's not on anybody's radar. Well, good. I don't want to compete with people. So I want to go yeah. places where it's not on people's radar. So I go there. I, can, I buy 2,200 units, owned them 39 months, sold the whole portfolio. But in the meantime, one day I get a phone call. Grant, we found... We found two bodies in the back of a car. What do you mean in the back? They, 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 they making, they, they freaking kiss and leave them alone, man. They're in the trunk. I said, they're in the trunk. What is it? It's not my car. I don't have a car in Tucson. Why, why are you telling me this? They're dead. Okay. Were they tenants? Did, did they pay on time? I mean, no, they're not. Ten- well, good. Get them removed, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to planet Earth. Woo, cold hearted, okay? man. No, Welcome- <laughs> bad things happen to people all the time, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. every day, like, like you, you guys are waking up and surprised there's a storm on the, in the Northeast or that somebody beheads some, another human being. You're on planet Earth. Yeah. They've been killing people on this planet for freaking 2,000 years. Yeah. 2,000 years ago, if you said you were a Christian, they'd lop off your head, man. Pow, boom, really? So yeah, everybody's all shocked and freaked out about bad things. Bad things happen a lot. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not supposed to, to, to go about my life, you know? And yeah. Yeah. All right. Did man. I take well, that down? That, that was too whoa, beautiful. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a little too beautiful. <laughs> <y'all. laughs> yeah. Well, we're just trying to figure out how do you, how do you transition but, out of that? But, 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 but the point of, of that bodies. is, <laughs> the point of that is, you know, when you talk about real estate, people are like, I don't want people calling me about the plumbing. Yep. Yep. I hear that all so the time. So what are you going to do? You're going to call about your own plumbing? What kind of problems do you want? <laughs> See, I want some big problems because you're going to have problems. Yeah. What kind of problems do you want? I want some big, giant, juicy problems, yeah. not some little problems. Yep. I love big that. Problems mean you're doing big things. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. All right, man. So you don't know how to get death. out of this. Do you? I got this. <laughs> don't worry about me, man. Just settle down. Let me handle this. All right. I got this. I got this. All right. So, so we got people listening from all over, lots of people in their car. We got people running. We got people listening to the show, doing all sorts of stuff for somebody who's sitting around listening, who's struggling to get out there and actually make something happen in their life. And, and that's just probably the vast majority of this planet, 7 yeah, billion yeah. people, right? I mean, right, right. what do these guys need to do? How do, how do I, how do I flip the switch? What do I need to do if I'm stuck in this rut and get, get my brain changed to, to step it up, take action and make shit happen? Yeah. Every, you know, every time I'm down, I mean, there, there's three times when I do this one thing, when I wake up, when I go to sleep and when I'm disappointed. Okay. When I'm disappointed, discouraged, and it happens. Look, I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. I just lost a deal. I just lost a deal yesterday. Okay. What I do is I write down my goals. Where do I want to go? Where do I want to be? What it, it, what is possible for me? Not what did I just lose or what happened to me or how bad's my situation? Where do I want to go? 
So I, if I can just keep my, you know, the old saying about success is the journey, not the destination. I think that's complete bullshit. You know, I'm not interested in the journey, dude. I'm interested in the destination. Quit paying attention to the journey, okay? There's flat tires. There's chlamydia. There's all kinds of shit that's going to happen to you, man. Bad things happen on the journey. Keep your attention on the destination. Where are you going? Not where are you at, you know? Windshields, Windshields are like six feet wide. In the rear view mirror, you're still thinking about the chlamydia thing. Aren't you? I'm just, I'm just. Did you, to see did you have chlamydia? You, you caught chlamydia as a kid, didn't you? You got I just, it. Didn't you? I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth next. Man. What's her name? What was her name, man? Jeez, verbal diarrhea over here. Let's see. What's his name? Nice. <laughs> Whatever. I did. Dude. I did live in LA for a while, so yeah. No, man. It's just, you were just experimenting. It's all right. All right. All okay. right. So, so. Look, look, you know, that's, that's, you, we're laughing about it, but the truth is people should experiment with business yeah. and opportunities. And so the thing that intrigues me is what is my potential? I'll go back to that. That, that when I'm disappointed, I, 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 I try not, not to focus on that thing that happened to me yeah. and look at, Hey, what, where, where do I want to go from here? You know, what's in front of me. And so if I could just keep, if you could just keep your attention on that. I think you'll find yourself a little more excited about going out into the world and taking a chance. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Fantastic. Grant, what, what are your goals? I mean, like you write down, do, do you have any goals you want to share with us? Like where are you headed? Oh, I'm you a, said lot. a billion dollars sure. of real estate, right? Well, I want a billion dollars worth of uh, multifamily, uh, cash flowing, positive real estate. That's it. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I can change it. I can change it. Okay, remember okay. this, Josh, remember that, you know, it, it originally it was 500 units. I, actually, the first goal was 20 units. It was yep. 20 units. And then the first deal I bought was 38. So as yep. soon as I bought the 38, I'm like, dude, that was stupid. Yep. All I had to do was change what I was focused on. So uh, it's a billion dollars worth of real estate. Um, I'd like to write books that have that sell in the 10 million copies. I'd like to, all my books to be translated. You know, I'm starting to think now about my legacy, like, you know, when I'm 85, when I die, like, you know, is there going to be Grant Cardone schools or Grant Cardone certifications? Could I be involved in colleges around the world? I would love for my sales material and my negotiating strategies to be involved in schools. Th- those kind of things, much bigger, kind of like, you know. Yeah. Great. Nice. I love That's it. awesome. Man. And, and, you know, and if, people, if people say, hey, dude, that guy, that cat was an authentic guy. I mean, I like that word, you yeah. know, that. If people see me as arrogant, it's just because it's really, I'm not really that. I'm just really, you're in touch with somebody that's actually willing to tell you what's going on for me. Yeah. Most people have a filter. And, and, yeah, exactly. and if you've got the balls to, to go out and talk to the universe without a filter, yeah. then that's who you are. And I, you know, that, that's a beautiful thing, man. It, re- yeah. it really is. It's hard. It, it's scary it, it, to do that. It is, dude. And it takes a lot of guts and a lot of authenticity. And you got to know who you are to be able to do that. And you said something before we came, we came on today. Your question was, is there anything that's off? Would you say, what was the word you used? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what word I used. I just said, is there anything you don't want us to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Anything you don't want to talk about. What did I say? Off limit. I don't know what you said. I wasn't listening. You said, if it's you on your. <laughs> you, you said, said, that's you said I'm an open podcast. If you tell the IRS, <laughs> I'll just talk. If you tell the IRS, you'll tell us. I, think it's I said, dude, look, if I'll tell the IRS, I'll yep. tell you. Yep. You know, yep. the IRS said, my friends, I don't know anybody there. I'm under three audits right now, you know? So I'm like, look, if I'm going to tell the IRS about my finances, it's, it's like we were brought up not to talk about money. Yep. I'm like, what do you mean? You tell the IRS what you make, but you won't tell me. It's stupid. <laughs> Yep. So, so I'm not bragging. I told the IRS, they know what I made. Yep. Yep. Great. That's awesome. 
That's great, man. All right. Well, we're going to wrap, wrap this thing up now. we got a couple more quick questions. We well, call you don't the... go. He doesn't want to go. I could tell. He's I know. Like, he likes us. <laughs> look, as soon as I'm done with you, i got something else to do, man. So, <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to hit you with our world-famous famous four. So first question is, what is your favorite real estate book? He said Sorry, he never he... read a real estate book, so you got to okay. change it up. Well, do you have a favorite real estate book? No, no I, I've never read a book on real estate, so okay. I, I, can't, I can't answer that question. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, business book. Is there a business book that that you say, you know, this thing is amazing, and and what what is it and why? Uh, I read a book when I was fifteen years old. Uh, called I don't even I think it was called OPM. It was a it, that was a great book. I read the uh, Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich. That was an unbelievable book. Greatest salesman in the world, unbelievable book. Uh, I read a book called uh, The Problems of Work: Why People Have Problems at Work. Unbelievable book for for me to handle the work because look, work is you know. A big portion of your life is going to be spent at work. Yeah. That's great. great. Awesome. All right. Outside of all this empire that is Grant Cardone, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. which yeah. which sounds like it's it's a, it's a lot of your world, of course, and you got you got your kids. So what do you do for fun? What hobbies other than other than work? I know work is a hobby for you. I can tell, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, what do I do? For, I love I love the game of golf. I haven't played in a while, but I love that game. I love backgammon. Okay. Like anytime anybody wants to play a game of backgammon, I'm good. As long as you nice. know how to use the cube in the middle. I never and played as long it. As, and as long as we're going to gamble. Okay. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I like, I like games of chance. I tip, typically like to see that, you know, there's a potential for me to lose at something. I like that. <laughs> uh, I love to smoke cigars. I love to smoke Cuban cigars. I, you know, your whole audience is uh, welcome to my home here in Miami Beach and we can sit up and, and, and have a Cuban cigar. <laughs> I'm awesome. taking you up on that someday, Grant. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. Uh, last question for me. Uh, what do you believe sets apart people who succeed from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Just action, man. Just some, some compelling thrust to, to do something. You know, if you can just find the thrust and maybe undo whatever governor was put on you by education, parents, family members, friends, society, the media, if you can undo the governor and get rid of the brakes, get rid of the rear view mirrors and just freaking put your foot on the accelerator and just go as fast as possible in one direction. Something good's going to happen to you. That's cool. Love it. That's cool. Balls to the wall, I guess that's called. There you go. It's a little different thing, but (laughs) yeah. (laughs) All right, man. So uh, you got a website, right? Grantcardone.com. Where else can people find you, connect with you? Anything you, know, you want to, you know, if you, if, you, if you can't, if you can't find Grant Cardone, you're not going to buy any real estate because you just freaking, you got <laughs> serious I'm on Twitter, Grant Cardone, Facebook, Grant Cardone, YouTube, Grant Cardone, uh, Cardone Acquisitions. If you want to know what I'm doing in real estate, nice. I'm actually going to start raising money here in the future. So I'm looking at doing something with crowdfunding in real estate. Cool. Right on. Yeah, right on. guys want to help me. Also, I'm looking for a real estate analyst, probably two of them, to help me go out and buy properties. I'm going to go from 3,000 units to 10,000 in the next three years. So I'm looking for two real estate anal- analysts. If you ever worked for Marcus and Millichap or CBRE and you're a second tier young guy or gal, you know, working for a broker, getting paid a little tiny piece and you want to get on the ownership side, send a video. 60 second video to careers at cardoneacquisitions.com. I'll put you in, you'll, you'll have an opportunity to earn a position to be an owner in my real estate uh, company. 
Ooh, that's awesome. That that's awesome. great, man. Great, great, great. I'm going to well, go from 3,000, guys- 3,000 to 10,000 units. You'll be paid on the NOI, net operating income. You'll be paid on the increase in NOI, new NOI that comes on, and you'll be paid when we dis- dispose of something as well as a salary. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you're going to learn real estate from the inside. Hey, jo- hey Josh, dis- I'm yeah. quitting bigger pockets right now. I'll see you later. <laughs> Dude, you should, dude. I'm telling you, this is hey, this is get the somebody, hell out of here. Hey, somebody, some, some, somebody is going to come work for me and make millions and millions of dollars. That's, That's great. great. Well, hopefully, if any NAR yeah. listeners like don't jump on this opportunity, you guys are out of your mind. So yep. do it, do you, it. I you, wanna- you you could actually make more money working for the right guy in that environment with the right pay plan, the right incentives, than you could going out on your own and buying real estate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Awesome, Grant. It has you guys have been, been great, man. Pleasure, you guys man. are the best. Let me finish this, okay? You guys have been <laughs> unbelievable. The best podcast I've ever been on in my whole life, oh, okay? Wow. You guys are masters of the podcast universe. Thank you. Thank you. It's the nicest That's thing everyone's ever said yeah, about it. really is. It really is. Now, is this like the only podcast that you've been on or what? <laughs> no. Okay. Okay, good. All right, good. Well, Grant, this was a lot of fun. Um, we definitely would love to have you back someday in the future, talk about, you know, like all that. So we'll get in touch and that good, man. Awesome. Good. Hey, you this guys be great. All right. Thank you. you thank it. you so much for having me. Hey, thank, thank you, Grant. All right. All right. Take care. Bye. All right, guys. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what can I what can I say about that? The best <laughs> podcast? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't even know how to close when somebody pays us that <laughs> honor and says that about us, particularly somebody of, of Grant's stature. Uh, so, I just, I just want to say thank you again to Grant. I mean, fabulous, fabulous time. Uh, I, it was fantastic. I will say, pick up his book, 10X. If you guys have not read 10X, read 10X, biggerpockets.com slash the number 10X, and you'll get to the Amazon uh, page where you can buy it. It's really an incredibly life-changing book. Awesome, awesome. All right, other than that, you know, as you've heard, just, you know, getting out there and making things happen. That's the key, guys. You, you know, write those goals down, dream big, and, and execute. You know, and, and that's what we're doing here every day on Bigger Pockets, and, and that's why we do the show because we want you to see what you too could be doing. And this was the the perfect example of that. And we're we're going to wish Grant huge success, and we're looking forward to Grant, you know, coming back when he's done that billion dollar portfolio, yeah. uh, when he's got it, because because I have absolutely no doubt that he'll get there. And I hope we can get a BP per- person to uh to take that position or two at his company. So oh yeah if yeah apply, yeah let, yeah let us know if you get that job. Well, let us know if you apply. I mean, yeah. just uh, you know, give, give us a heads up on that. Uh, otherwise, thanks, thanks for being a part of our world. If you're not already a member of Bigger Pockets, jump in. This is this is an amazing place for real estate investors. Get involved, uh, participate, and make things happen. With that, let's get out of here. I'm Josh Dorkin. That's Brandon Turner signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors, large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor-friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and BAM! 
instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.